Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to the callback with this week's guest, Tabby Lamb. And welcome to The Callback with me, Emma Bentley. This is the podcast where each week I speak to a different actor about a memorable audition. I'm an actor and a writer from the Midlands who's taken two solo shows to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, worked with the incredible Kit and Akin Theatre and has acted in several commercials. However, there are many jobs that I really wanted but missed out on, all because I've been in a bit of a funk. So, this is my chance to turn it all around and through reflecting on our mindsets in past auditions, work out what's the best way to get that call back. Hello, Tabby. Hi, Bentley. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to be chatting to you today. Oh, well, I'm so excited to have you on the pod. Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you so much for being the final guest of <gasps> Series 1. Dun, dun, dun. Let's hope we're ending on a bang. So actually, before we start, you are somewhat of a mover and shaker in the uh, creative industries. Um, you are a writer as well as a performer. Yep. Um, and your show, um, Since You've Been Gone, was a, I was going to say semi-autobiographical, but just just completely autobiographical. Just, yeah, just plain autobiographical, yeah. <laughs> just um, putting your heart on a plate for just, the audience. Just, you know, doing the standard queer trans thing of exploiting my trauma not realizing how traumatizing it was going to be and then thankfully going into lockdown for a year to deal with all of those emotions <laughs> and, and how has that been for you um I mean honestly we so we were meant to be doing a European tour of the show and a UK tour of the show and I was so excited and I was so hyped to go out to all these queer festivals and meet loads of people um, and I was devastated when that got cancelled but in retrospect now, I'm so glad it did because as much as I love Since You've Been Gone, as gorgeous as a show it was, the way that we had planned the tour and the way that it was going to work alongside all of the other gigs that I'd gotten was very intense and it didn't give me, like we we had budgeted self-care time into it, but not enough, I've realised. And I've spent a lot of the past year... Um, doing some online community building and also getting back into teaching and facilitating. And one of the main things that I try and like teach my students, especially my queer students, is first of all about self-care when making autobiographical work around trauma, but then also that you just don't have to. If you don't want to make a show that's really traumatic, 
make a show about joy because that is just as radical, especially for queer people. We never get to see joy on stage or on screen. So um, it's really radical to tell a story with a happy ending for a queer or trans person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you have any things that you particularly like to do for yourself for self-care that you can share with the listeners now? So, yeah, so many things. Um, I make sure that I always have a really long-running sitcom that I am currently watching. Yes. So I work find something that has like seven seasons and 22 episodes a season that you don't have to watch that closely and you can zone out while it's on. So then yeah. currently I've just finished, or well, not finished, I finished what is on Netflix of Superstore and that was fantastic. And before then I was watching Girlfriends and before that I was watching New Girl Um And something that is not to do with my work, something that isn't queer focused and something that is very easy and is wrapped up at the end of each episode, I find really useful. Yeah. Um, I also love taking baths. I take long baths and listen to podcasts. Um, I try to get out and walk, but I do find that harder. Um, Being visibly queer, going outside on your own can sometimes be... um, dangerous so sometimes I'm brave enough to do that sometimes I'm not and then when I am making work or when I'm on tour um, we make sure that the stage managers that we employ are all mental health first aid trained as well and their call time always lasts for an hour after the rehearsal and an hour after the show so they've got if I need it they're paid to spend an hour with me And that can be we go to the pub and have a pint or we can sit in the rehearsal room and have a cry or whatever is needed. More often than not, we just go home and it's fine. But they are paid to stay there longer and they are trained to do that so that they can look after us. Um, So that's my big That's amazing. I've never heard about that before. You can write it all into your ace bid. They have specific funds for access. Um, So that you can... You can literally pay to get someone trained or there are lots of amazing first aid, mental health first aiders out there already who have stage management skills or stage managers who are already trained in it. So it's a really useful thing to do, I find. That is brilliant. I'm definitely going to think about that if I make another, um, yeah, semi-autobiographical, biographical thing. That's, That's really good advice. Thank you. I think it can it can be useful when you're not making autobiographical work as well. Yeah. Yeah, that any work, well, just any work can be traumatising, whether it's something that you have a direct experience of. Like if you are doing a really brutal fight scene or something, whether you mm. ha- yourself have been beaten up or not, you, it can still be traumatising to go through that experience and especially to recreate that every night if you're not doing that safely. So I think it can... We need to we need to build self care and mental health first aid and access support into just regular rehearsal rooms and all of the practices so that it's not weird when people who specifically need those things have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that needs to start at drama school, one hundred percent, or whatever training people have. Um, I think, yeah, I think 
when I had my sort of epiphany moment um, last year, which was the thing that um, spurred this podcast on, and I sort of thought, okay, yeah, okay, I'm a great actor, and yeah, I'm I'm very, you know, I always turn up on time, and I always do my work, and da da da. I just when I thought, well, yeah, but I can't do all those things if I'm not happy or not even happy, but content or even just okay, then it's meaningless. Um, And for, I mean, for so many young people at drama school coming out, 21, 22, that is often the case as well. We just feel like a big bag of jumbled up mess and okay yeah sometimes people are intuitively able to use that use that in their auditions in whatever part they're playing and um I mean whether that's safe or not that's a whole other conversation um but yeah I it needs to become normalized that 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 is being a messed up actor is not okay (laughs) yeah it's so I'm about to launch a course for queer theatre makers and I asked people on Twitter like what the main thing they wanted to learn was and the thing that came back to me from everyone was self-care like hundreds of replies asking to learn about self-care because it's not taught whether you go to drama school or whether you go and study drama at university or whether you don't study theatre at all and you come to it later on it's just not something that is ever talked about in the mm-hmm. same way that it's only recently that we're we've started to have the conversations around racial microaggressions within drama schools like that has been going on forever and we never had the power to speak up about yeah. it or to shout out about it and now thankfully some very mm. brave people have started that conversation and some things do appear to be changing but I'm hoping that that can work its way into the curriculum as well. And we can find ways to, because part of the things that damage us at drama schools or universities is just the canon itself and the cis, het, white, patriarchal canon that we study, whether it's Shakespeare or whether it's Arthur Miller or any of those, it's all longstanding white male cis voices that we are expected to replicate. And, when you decolonize the curriculum and when you queer the curriculum, you give voice to your students that hadn't had it before. Because when when I'm reading those cishet plays, like that's not my voice. I can act it, but that's not me and that's not representative. And that's also just not what I'm going to get cast as. Let's be very honest. And it's the same for so many people in drama school. You get taught one very specific way of acting and one very specific brand of theatre but then when you get out and you you're younger or you're edgier or you're queer like you're just not going to get cast in those type of shows and you might not want to either but those are the only skill sets you have and you then have to go and spend more money on lessons at the actor's studio or the lessons that I run or all those things to like actually fit to your casting type and that is a waste of bloody money Yeah, I I totally agree. And um, actually, I feel I've, (laughs) I've always really struggled with that kind of stuff, because I am a queer woman. Um, But it's not always 
I mean, like I proudly sport my undercut, which unfortunately, <laughs> like my hair is so thick that it grows really quickly and then people don't realise. And and then when people do, they're like, oh, you've got an undercut. Um, so I'm actually getting some more, I don't know whether we're going down the headshot route, but kind of photographs with um, mm-hmm. Johnny Bosworth tomorrow. Oh my God, Johnny is so good. I'm really excited. Everyone should go to Johnny. He's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited also because it's the first time I've like left South East London in six months. So that's <laughs> yeah, going to be great because it's work. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just basically because I think because I I do have a kind of like classical face. I do mm, have a bit of a do. funny face, but it's like it suits classical. So I think with headshot photographers, they always go in with the kind of RSC style. Yeah. And we get that done first. And then at the end, it's like, oh, should we do some with your undercut? And then those are always just a bit shit because I'm probably like freezing by that point. Or Yeah. And you're like, knackered and you know to... you've got to get these shots done in 10 minutes because that's when you're, yeah. you've paid till and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So tomorrow, I'm just going to go all in queer AF. Like Johnny is the perfect person to do that. Um, I know. He's fantastic. Yeah. I've known him for... 12 years now he gave me my first job when I first moved to London oh really yeah so he was the head usher at the Playhouse Theatre when I first moved to London oh my god I remember when you used to work there yeah when I worked on the Cargo Fall so he was the head usher and he he said that I got the job because I was the only person who interviewed who'd already seen the show and I'd seen it twice (laughs) so he was like I knew you were a theatre of course you had (laughs) (laughs) oh that's lovely i'm sure we'll talk about you tomorrow we'll be we'll be gushing your praises tomorrow um okay yes so uh i'm glad the listeners know a bit more about you um let's talk about this memorable audition then so so um was this recently or was it a long time ago yeah so i signed with a new agent over lockdown Mm. Um, and I started getting a lot of self-tapes and for the few months that we were able to, quite a few in-person auditions as well in 2020. Yeah. And the audition that I'm going to talk about is both hilarious and traumatising and ultimately uplifting, I would say. Um, okay. But it, so it was the first time that I'd been into London since the whole pandemic had started right and yeah. it was when it was before eat out to help out had started and or anything so there were no bars or restaurants or shops open at all um and so it's ghost ghost town london yeah so ghost town london and nice. i um how to phrase this i'm gluten intolerant <laughs> and i uh Every now and then I need the bathroom quite suddenly. <laughs> um, and this was, a, this was an audition for a road safety advert that was, it was a nice. 20 grand audition. So it was like, it was like three days of filming at 350 quid and then a 20 grand buyout. So it was like, oh my God, Lovely. maximum impact for minimum work. Also, it was really yeah. fun. It would, I would have been. I don't know how much detail I can go into on the actual final thing, but I would have been dressed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
as something ridiculous and on wires and flying and singing and it just sounded camp as tits and like really fun um yeah and so I did what I always do and I got to the audition like half an hour early um because Mm -hmm. I just get so paranoid about being late especially when relying on public transport so I get everywhere early and I really needed the bathroom but I got to the audition building and there was a sign on the door Mm. that was like quite rightly was like due to covid um people can't like only come in five minutes before your audition um please wait elsewhere until then we're trying to keep the waiting room as empty as possible which is understandable like Uh, totally yeah and i was in i was wearing a cute little dress and some thick woolen tights and um it was a problem that I couldn't go inside and I was like walking down the streets like that weird that awful like penguin shuffle when you're trying not to go to the bathroom and you're trying not to move too much because you know every little (laughs) bump makes you need to go more and um, yeah it was so stressful and then um (laughs) Eventually, I just couldn't find anywhere, and it happened. Oh God! Yeah, it was the. It was. Oh my I was God. so humiliated and so stressed. And eventually, like as it was happening, I was walking past a church, and I just started banging on the church door, and the vicar came out, <gasps> and I was like, "I'm so sorry, oh but I'm literally, God. I'm literally booing myself. Please, can I come in and use your bathroom?" Um, and he was so sweet, and I went in and. I cleaned myself up. I washed my tights in the sink. Do you know what church um, it was? Um, it was on Margaret Street. Um, it might even just be St. Margaret's. I'm not sure. Um, but it's just off Oxford Street. Okay, well, shout um, out to that vicar. Yeah, it was so lovely. And like, yeah, I washed my tights in the sink and I put my, I like dried them underneath the hand towel. Uh, not the hand towel, underneath the mm-hmm. hand dryer. Um, and then I went to the audition and... I fucking smashed it. I it's a singing audition and I'm of not course. a singer. So I just went it was like a comedy song and the other person so for some reason we were auditioning in duos and the other person was a very sweet lovely cis white like very traditional musical theater person who sang beautifully. And I just decided like the the audition notes said that it was like kind of obscure comedy, kind of like Mighty Boosh. So I just went in with that and I like, instead of yeah. singing, I just screamed everything like at the top of my lungs and everyone in the room <laughs> burst out laughing. Um, and then, oh because well, they, they said they were looking for weird and alternative. So when there was this, this person singing beautifully next to me, I just screamed my tits off and everyone, everyone fell about laughing. <laughs> and then I got, I got a call back and then another self tape. And then I got, I got waitlisted for it. And unfortunately I didn't actually book it, but it was still, it was a great reminder that like, you can literally shit yourself and still do well in an audition. Like, don't worry. (laughs) Like if, if, if you forget a line, if you like trip over as you walk in, if any of those things happen, (laughs) like, babe, I shit myself and I still did well. <laughs> oh god that i 
literally i cannot thank you enough for sharing that story <laughs> that is just oh I'm my god I'm, I'm like i am i'm like sweaty laughing right now it's just i can feel the like just absolute feeling of joy and it was yeah, yeah it was, surprise coming over well, me because i went i think part of it was i went into the audition i was like do you know what i've had such a terrible day now mm-mm, that mm-mm. i'm gonna make this worth it and i'm gonna go balls to the wall and be as ridiculous and out there and like they wouldn't have called me in if they were looking for a traditional musical theater type like mm-hmm. i am i have a very unique distinctive look and it wasn't one thing that I will say as well about my new agent, I'm with Crawford Marriott Associates now, and they put me up for trans auditions all the time, but they also just put me up for auditions that don't specify like whether they're looking for trans or cis people. And those yeah. are the ones that I've been booking. So those are the things that I've been getting because they see me as an all-round performer, not just a yeah. trans performer. And when I walk into those rooms where they haven't specifically asked for a trans performer, and I know I'm one of the only trans performers there, then that is my superpower. That is my, I know that I have something that everyone else who's auditioning for this role doesn't. And that's not, that's not talent. That's not skill. It's just the fact that I'm different. And if they're not looking for different, I'm not going to get it. And that's fine. And that has nothing to do with my skill. But if they're, if they're think, trying to think outside the box, but they don't know how, they might see me and be like, oh, that could work. So my job in, in auditions now, specifically for like ads and stuff like that, I find, is to be as me as possible and as authentically me, rather than to create a character mm. or anything like that, because I am a character in myself already and obviously it's different (laughs) when you're going in for like a movie or for a stage play and you've got been given this character to create but when you're going in for ads which is what most of my auditions have been over lockdown because they're one of the few things that are still going usually you get like one line of character description and mostly they're just looking for a look and then they'll fit that around whatever you're giving so that's something that I learned over lockdown yeah, that's that's also my experience of ads as well. Is that? I mean, you are the queen of adverts. I I, I am a little I am a little advert queen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I my look isn't particularly out there. I I you know I grew up charity shop shopping effectively, um, so I think <laughs> I've really really honed that, and that sometimes makes my outfit choices. Um, stand out a little Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like you said at the beginning as well you have you do have an interesting look because you look like you could both be a character on skins or Juliet and Romeo and Juliet and it's that versatility between the two and the you have the classical features but with a sort of like slightly edgier vibe or a slightly more modern (laughs) vibe as well so you're very moldable to whatever they're looking for Oh my God, I love it. I'm going to put that on my website. (laughs) Skins meets Bridgerton. Yes, Skingerton. Something. Bridger Skins. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tabby. That was such a phenomenal story. Never did I think five months ago, dreaming up the idea for this podcast that I would be sat here ending it with such an iconic moment. 
<laughs> I want to take this opportunity to thank all my guests from the bottom of my heart who have come on the pod and I want to thank everyone but especially those who have told the stories that could be seen as a bit awkward or a bit embarrassing or stories where things have gone wrong in inverted commas because it takes a certain amount of courage to do that and sometimes I'm sure you'd rather just completely erase them from your brain so so thank you for for bringing them up in order for us to reflect and learn but yeah but I I love the fact that we've commiserated about them and ultimately you know we've laughed about them um and the thing is the minute you can laugh at a memory that you aren't so fond of you've beaten it so go team you go then coco um thank you so much to tabby you can follow her on instagram at bad gal nb and twitter at the tabby lamb you can keep up with all the amazing things she's doing there uh, there's a lot of she's she's very good at uh, tweeting all the activist and theatre things uh, tabby is currently a part of the bfi flare bafta crew so i'm sure there'll be some exciting stuff coming off the back of that and she also runs the theatre queers meetup which you can join on zoom if you are a queer or non-binary or trans or gnc folk looking for a place to chat to other industry peeps so my friends this brings us to the end of series one can you believe it uh i want to give a proper thank you to my editor and sound designer karis taylor who has i think you can all agree made a wicked um a theme tune intro theme thing and uh has also been listening and perfecting hours and hours of me chatting away so that it sounds lovely to the ear so thank you so much karis and also rea stella sarah thank you for making such beautiful artwork it's been so lovely to discover all these beautiful pictures of our lovely guests i do hope to bring the whole gang back together for a second series later in the year Uh, But whatever happens, and even if it's a bit more pared down, I will definitely make another season. Uh, Where this time I think I'm going to be branching out my conversations to speak to directors, casting directors and writers as well about how they uh, deal with the industry um, in terms of positivity and um, yeah, mentality. We hope to see you back for series two, but in the meantime, stay chilled, stay calm stay happy or you don't have to be happy but even just giving yourself a break when you're not happy and that is great uh if if you found anything particularly useful and you actually put it into practice and you're like wow that totally worked then let me know i am very much on this journey with you so i would love to hear about what works so much love to you all see you soon and take care bye the callback is written and presented by me emma bentley it's edited by karis taylor artwork by reyes de Zeras, and the title music is by k minor
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.